Chapter Six of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter Six. Lemuel Mizen, A. B. Freddie looked at the sailor man, and the sailor man straightened up and touched his cap. His face was brown as weathered oak, and creased like bark. His one eye was black and glittering. The hand which he raised to his cap was of the shape and nearly the size of a ham, and the chest and the throat which emerged from his wide-open shirt collar was as brown as his face, and big with muscles. There was a delicious odor of tar about him. You positively could not look at him without hearing wind whistling through ropes. He hitched up his trousers with his other hand and said, "'Aye, aye, skipper. Here I be, as big as life, all ready for orders.' As Freddy gazed at him, the little boy slowly collected his wits, and a light began to dawn upon him. "'Have you been to China?' said he. "'Right, oh!' cried the sailor man. "'To China I have been,' in a queer sing-song, as if he might have been marching to it in time round to Capstan, hauling in an acre." To China I have been, and a many a ports I've seen, near and far. I can sail before the mast or behind it just as fast. I'm a tar, I'm a tar, I'm a tar. Freddy continued to stare at him with increasing astonishment. Are you a sailor, sir? said he. What, me? I'm Lemuel Mizzen, A.B., that's me, and I sailed the deep blue sea from Maine to Africa and round again on an even keel to Cochin China for Cochineal, and back to Chile for chili sauce, and home again to Banbury Cross. That's me, Lemuel Mizen, able seaman, fed on hardtack or softtack, or a starboard tack or a port tack. It's all the same to me. Now then, skipper, you pipe me up. What's the orders? Please, sir, said Freddy. Would you mind telling me what it is you would like to have? Me? Douse my binnacle light. What I want is a chew of tobacco. But the question before the chart house is, what do you want, skipper? I don't want anything, said Freddy. What? You piped me up, didn't you? Pipe me up with a pipe? No, sir, said Freddy. Sorry to entertain a different opinion from the skipper. Didn't you smoke the Chinaman's tobacco in a pipe? Yes, sir, said Freddy, hanging his head. Then you did pipe me up with a pipe, and I hope I knows better than to come aft without being piped. Didn't you know I've got to come when you smoke the pipe with the Chinaman's backy in it? No, sir, said Freddy. The able seaman fixed his black eyes on Freddy in amazement. Well, bust my locker if this ain't the... "'Begging your pardon, Skipper, and no offense meant. "'Called me off from the China Sea, and don't want me after all. "'Didn't go for to do it. Not him. "'And me off in the China Sea amongst the boxers. "'A voyage in hither and thither to pick up a cargo of boxes to box compasses with. "'You've brought me a fair long journey for nothing, Skipper.' "'I'm very sorry, sir,' said Freddy. "'I didn't know you had to come when the Chinaman's tobacco was smoked.' Are you the one that brought that tobacco here? Aye, aye, that's me. Lemuel Mizzen, A.B., and a fine long trip from the China Sea. 
to come to a lad in Ameriky when I hear in my ears the skipper's call, and offer nothing at all, at all. Ain't you got nothing to offer in extenuation? Freddy did not know what extenuation meant, but he could see by the sailorman's face that that gentleman was a good deal put out. He remembered that Mr. Mizzen wanted a chew of tobacco. Would a little tobacco make you feel better? said he. Now you've got your hand on the right rope, said the able seaman, his face brightening. I don't smoke, I chew. If you're going to offer a bit of a chew, why then, says I, I don't care if I do. Freddy took a long plug of chewing tobacco from the shelf behind him. He knew that Mr. Toby would not mind making a little gift to the sailor man after his long journey. He put the plug under the cutter on the counter, and was about to press down the handle to cut off a portion when the able seaman hitched up his trousers and said, "'Belay there, skipper. Put the whole cargo aboard. This here craft needs ballast. Hoist her over the side.' And he reached out his hand for the whole plug of tobacco and took it from Freddy, and gnawed off a corner with his teeth. "'Ah!' said he, his right cheek bulging out. "'Too much ballast to starboard.' And he gnawed off another corner, so that his left cheek bulged out like his right." "'All snug,' said he. "'I'll just pay for me cargo before I set sail, "'with a bit of a draft on the owners, in a manner of speaking. "'Here you are, sir. "'Stow that bit of paper in your sea-chest, "'and it'll come in handy one of these days. "'Pay as you go,' says I.' "'He placed in Freddy's hand a folded sheet of soil paper. "'It was greasy with handling, and was evidently very old. "'It was folded small and tight.' and was beginning to break with age at the creases. On the outside it was blank, but there might have been writing inside. Got it in the Caribbean off a runaway sailor, for a set of false whiskers and a tattoo needle. Will it do to pay for the cargo with? Yes, sir, thank you, said Freddy, holding the paper in his hand without unfolding it. Then all I got to say is, before I weighs anchor, take good care of that there bit of paper. Aloft and alow, don't ye never let go. Round the yard take a bite and hold on to it tight. Let the hurricane blow till your fingers is blue. But whatever you do, don't ye never let go. And skipper, mind what I'm a-telling you, if you ever need Slamuel Mizzen, A.B., for to give him his orders, all you got to do is to smoke a couple o' whiffs of the Chinaman's backy, and Lamuel Mizzen, A.B., he'll be on deck before the smoke's cleared away. "'That's clear?' "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy, with eyes wide open. "'And now, as I see there's no orders to give, "'I'm off to my tight little bark called the sieve. "'And when I'm aboard, I'll close all the shutters "'and lock up the parrot that sneezes and stutters "'and wake all the skippers and put on my slippers "'and get into bed while the mates overhead "'are swabbing the decks and heaving the lead "'and bailing the bilgewater up with their dippers.' And when they have gotten the vessel to goin and settled all down to their knitting and sewing, and the twenty-third mate, who is always so late, has learned what is meant by a third and last warning, I'll turn up the gas and take a look at the glass and read me the life of old Chu until mornin. And so, sir, continued Mr. Mizzen, walking towards the street door, I must give you a view of my little stern light and bid you, dear sir, a very good night. So saying, he turned squarely towards Freddy, with one hand on the doorknob, 
and with the other hand touched his cap respectfully. Freddy saw that his trousers were very wide at the ankles and very tight at the hips, and that he rolled a little when he walked. Having touched his cap respectfully, he opened the door and went out, and disappeared in the darkness outside. Freddy stood looking after him with his mouth wide open. End of chapter 6 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona